so the podcast let it out that you're subscribed to or listening to right now is still on a break i'm katie the host but today i have a surprise i am launching a second podcast the second let it out produced podcast is airing today it's a collaboration with a co-host serena wolf and if you've been listening to this podcast let it out for a while you might remember my episode with serena that came out a couple months ago and in that episode we talked quite a bit about anxiety and it really struck a chord with a lot of people who listened to it including myself I recorded that episode during a particularly anxious period and Serena is someone with anxiety as well, but she's been able to articulate her anxiety for over 10 years and for me it's something I'm I've obviously had for my entire life but haven't really been able to articulate. So we had such a robust conversation then and kept hanging out and developed this idea to do a podcast together. So it's very different from this podcast that you're subscribed to now, Let It Out. It's not an interview show. It's an eight episode capsule podcast. We'll hopefully do another season, but each week we talk about what we're spiraling about, our anxiety spirals, and then we do a deep dive into a particular topic from therapy to how to articulate anxiety in your career. And with social media, we talk about anxiety in relationships. We talk about tools that work for us. Anyway, it's a really light, humorous podcast about mental health. And it's not from a clinical perspective. It's just two friends sharing their experience about anxiety. And it was really fun to go into a cocoon this winter and spend mornings recording with Serena. So today you're hearing the first episode of that podcast, which is a get to know each other episode. It's really light. And I think you guys will learn a bit about me that maybe you don't know and definitely more about Serena. And I think you'll like the episode. So you can listen here, but I really encourage you to go over to Spiraling's podcast feed and subscribe and share it with your friends. It's not just for anxious people. It's for anyone who's anxious or loves an anxious person. And that's a lot of people. So leave a review there and subscribe. That would be so cool. And I'm really excited about this new project and I can't wait to hear what you think. So please let me know your feedback. And I'll be back next week with a new episode of Let It Out, an interview episode and a brand new season of this podcast. Serena and Katie have anxiety. Maybe you have it too. If so, you're not alone. They're spiraling just like you. Isn't it lovely? We don't have to have hair and makeup. We can do this oh my in God. our workout clothes. Yes. I can have my huge set and not care about it. Yeah. I, I literally <laughs> cannot see it. I'm sure. I'm, well, yesterday, actually, this is going to be my spiral. So we'll okay. talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so w- what are we doing? Before we start talking about our zits and, um, and spiraling, we're here to talk about anxiety and, yeah. and more and people and being a person in the world. We just want to talk about anxiety more. I mean, I definitely feel like there are so many more conversations going on about anxiety, and we obviously talk a lot about it to each other and in general, but I I never think there can be enough conversation about it because 
everybody's experience with anxiety is so unique. And I actually think there is a wealth of information and resources out there that tackle anxiety, but it's in sort of a clinical sense. And I think sometimes it's just really wonderful to hear about people's day-to-day life who are out there kicking it with anxiety and still going about their business. And I just think having a really open, honest conversation with you because (laughs) we also both experience anxiety differently might help people, A, reframe their own anxiety, feel a little bit less alone, feel a little bit less weird or crazy or damaged or whatever, because we are none of those things as anxious people. And I personally find, in especially in the discussion that we had on your podcast, I learned so much about myself. It's actually comical in talking about my own anxiety. Sometimes just letting it out (laughs) really does help you analyze what's going on in your own life. And then also hearing about other people's experiences with anxiety can be so helpful. Just I always think I'm building an anxiety toolkit. That's how I live my life. I I put things in my anxiety backpack that I'm spiraling about and then I take them out and I attack them with the toolkit. But I just, my whole goal with this is to help people feel like they're part of a larger anxious community and it's not such a bad community to be a part of. Like we all okay. Anxious people are really cool. They're the best. I genuinely think that anxious people, A, have... (laughs) Something that they're struggling with every day that they're overcoming on a daily basis. And that's fucking impressive. Yeah. I think you could easily read a list of 10 things to do when you're anxious or (laughs) 10 uh, hearing other people's stories. But there's something about two people who are not experts, who are just people in the world who, which we will very clearly tell you that we are not experts disclaimer 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 <laughs> so the queen of disclaimers and i'm I the am. which makes me the princess of disclaimers <laughs> but i think there's something really useful and interesting to me being a verbal processor of that's why i love this medium of podcasting i like you said i learned so much talking about what's going on in my life in real time with another person every week or however often i'm recording and then listening, eavesdropping on other people's conversations has given me so much to be like, oh, I feel that too. Or I feel that, but slightly differently. And it gives me language to articulate what I'm going through, which is the impetus of this entire thing was when I came over to record you on my podcast, it was this day where I was particularly raw. I had just come back from the most emotionally bloody January of my life. My grandpa died and I had gone through a breakup and I was here with you and I was really excited about it. But I love the way that you articulate your experience with anxiety and your stories. And it was really something that made me feel really connected to you. And so I knew it would come up on the podcast, but I was in this, as I figured out through our conversation, hyper-emotional state. And so (laughs) I just kind of leaned into the conversation being really heavy about anxiety. And then once that conversation came out in the world, a lot of other people related to that particular part. There's a part in the episode that I like think about and kind of cringe, but also just feel 
really emotional about where I cry and you tell me I'm okay. And you say this exact thing of like, that I'm not broken and that I'm not damaged. And you're several years ahead in your anxiety journey. We yeah, hate that word ten, in this family. Yeah. <laughs> we but do. I just but said ten, it. 10 years is a long time. Yeah. And I think everybody takes a while to figure out what anxiety is to begin with. Half the time, people don't even know they're anxious yeah. until they're listening to somebody else talk about anxiety or they read an article and they're like, oh shit, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened to me, which I'll tell you about later. But this, yeah, you just gave me such helpful, useful advice and made, I left that conversation and then our subsequent hangouts after that feeling so seen and so heard and so understood. And a big part of my anxiety was not being able to articulate it in my relationships with my parents, with my romantic partners. And you have this language because like we said, 10 years ahead of where I am with understanding anxiety a bit more. And I was like, people should eavesdrop on this, on this ad advice I'm getting from you as a big sister, friend, mentor, collaborator, <laughs> person I look up to and want to secretly, this is all just a play to spend more time with you and hang out well, with you. Thank you. I love you. And I think that this is such an interesting time and place to be talking about all of these things, especially in a world, and this is not a knock on, on the way that anxiety is being portrayed in mainstream media, but We've discussed this before, the fact that anxiety and stress are so often bundled together and they're just not the same thing. And I think unless you've experienced anxiety, you may not know the difference. And I think that that's one of the reasons that people don't necessarily know how to react. Because if you're stressed out at work, you can be like, well, tell me what's stressing you out. And, and we'll tackle it and we'll make the stress go away. But when you're anxious and somebody's like, tell me what you're anxious about. And you're like, I don't fucking know. I just feel anxious right now. I, like, and we just can't learned, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I just learned this right now. I was going to ask you to make the distinction right now. So that's yeah. the distinction. So for, for me, stress has a stressor. So it can be, I'm stressed out at work. I have this big deadline. There's not enough hours in the day. I have to get all of this done. Or it's family. I have to go to this event and I've been fighting with my sister and I'm going to have to interact with her. And that's very stressful. Or, you know, I have to go grocery shopping and work out and call my mom and do all these things. Those are stressors. And so you feel things. stressed with anxiety. There can 100% be a trigger, but anxiety can also just be a free floating beast. So I can literally be happily going about my day and walking down the street to the grocery store, listening to my music, feeling great, and then be like, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. My legs are gonna like I need to sit down. I can't breathe. What am what is happening? What is happening? And out of the absolute blue. blue. Yes. And to be fair, exactly if I'm going through periods in my life where I'm I do have a lot of stress with work and I'm maybe not sleeping a lot or my routine is off or, you know, for me, anxiety sets in when I don't have a place to focus my brain. So it's usually after something stressful at work. And I'm like, I've just turned in a book and then I have all this empty brain space and the anxiety comes in. So until you start can, a new podcast, <laughs> until I start a new podcast, but it can be, so there can definitely be triggers, but I also always stress that anxiety can just creep up on you for no apparent reason. And there 
are ways that you can learn to manage it. And that's one of the topics I'm so excited to talk to you about. But I also think that sometimes you just have to lean into it and and let let the anxiety ride itself out because it always does. That's the huge positive, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's like, good news. You're always going to come out the other side. Sometimes you don't know when that is and that sucks. Yeah. But that's why I always say the worst thing you can say to an anxious person is just calm down or what are you anxious about? Mm -hmm. Those two things, like there's, you're obviously trying to calm down and sometimes you don't know what you're anxious about. And that's my, you know, you don't owe anybody an explanation for your mental health is a big, like something that I so firmly believe in. And that's why we're going to have all of these discussions. We're going to do an episode about what anxiety is. Yes. And, this could have been part of that, but I'm really glad we talked about it right <laughs> Sorry, this second. Sorry, I got so excited about it. No, I it. think it's good that this is, I just learned that, honestly. And that was something that I think in my relationship, I didn't have the language for the difference between stress and anxiety. Of like, I don't know why I'm so upset right now. So I would just make something up. I'd be like, it's this. But really, like, it wasn't that. It was just this general feeling of unease that I couldn't put a name to. And yes. I think- having the skills to be able to put a name to something or understand what is happening with me will make me, this can be a, a progressive exercise into making my life easier the next time around and just in general and hopefully for everyone listening. Yeah. And I think what you just said is so spot on in that we can also, we can only connect the dots going forward. We can never connect yeah. them going back. I love so I think that us having these conversations weekly is going to be a so fun because the truth is people find it very odd, but I love to talk about anxiety. It's literally my favorite topic of conversation after skincare. (laughs) Me too. And I mean, honestly, this is so much, we, we decide, I think we should tell everyone this. We decided that when we wanted to start this podcast, we were going to make it fun for us. So we're either going to do a fun activity before or after every yes. time we record. We just had breakfast and it was lovely. <laughs> we and did a Melissa Wood Health workout. We did a workout together. We talked for maybe an hour before we got into anything yes. about therapy and about like <laughs> just interesting, weird things we were feeling, skincare. And it's just nice to have a friend you feel like you can be yourself with. And I feel like since we're talking about, since you're so open and I'm like, overly open with what we do. I think, I don't know. We're about to get more open with yeah, you right now. Cause we're going to do these. We're going to dive into a little bit of oversharing with some rapid fire questions. Most of them are quick and dirty, but we're going to end with some more juicy anxiety related yeah. stuff. But I think this will be helpful in general to get to know both of us. Yeah. I'm really excited because I think genuinely I'm I don't going think to think we know yeah, these things we, about each we, other. We know the questions that we are going to ask each other. We came up with them together, but we don't know what either of us are going to say. And we don't know each other that well. Like we're definitely like fat. I, I, I'm a very loyal person. So you're like a lifer Ditto. for me. Yes. You're like in the fold forever. But I feel like we skipped the small talk and yeah. we've now had like eight heart to heart but we it's don't so know what true. each other's favorite food is. Yeah, that's really true. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I keep like learning little bits and pockets of you throughout and I'm excited. Okay, we have to just okay, get We're diving that. in because mm-hmm. we're we're also neither Talkers. of us are yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're trying to keep this keep this brief. Keep it tight. 
Uh, okay, where did you grow up, Katie? I grew up in a small college town called East Lansing in Michigan. I always whip out my hand to show where it is. You know that's a Michigan thing? I to point. Yeah, because Michigan looks that. like a She's uh, literally holding her hand up and pointing I to This is an audio presentation, but it's in the <laughs> middle of the hand. <laughs> Everyone who is from Michigan knows, knows exactly this. what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. I am from Santa Barbara. Well, I lived in LA until I was eight, and then we moved to Santa Barbara. So those are my, I'm a Southern California girl through and through. And we should say that we both live in New York now. And now we both live in New York. Yes. Favorite food? Pizza. Hands down. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Mine is a (laughs) bit more complicated. Okay. I love like lots of little things. So like uh, tapas or like a cheese plate with lots of dips and spreads (laughs) and yeah, like vegetables and dips and, and olives and like appetizers. Do you know that this means that we are meant to be friends because you're supposed to only have close relationships with somebody who likes olives and the other person doesn't like olives? Oh, really? You don't like olives? I fucking hate (gasps) olives. That's a random one that I brought up too. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so, that makes me so happy. And both (gasps) Logan, my husband, and I both love olives and it just deep down that needles me. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, this makes me so happy. Okay. And then I actually have one other. I love Ooh. all breakfast foods too. So like, oh. and also I say that word weird, but everyone's just going to have okay. to get over it. Breakfast? Bre- yeah. Interesting. I just, maybe it's a Midwest. Breakfast. Breakfast is what I'm yes. supposed to say. It doesn't come breakfast. out right. I like I really that. have to think about it. But yeah, any muffins, pant, all of those sorts of things. <laughs> muffins. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the last time I had a muffin. Um, Me fav- neither, but <laughs> I like them. <laughs> Favorite drink? Okay. If we're talking cocktails, yes. like of the alcoholic variety. That was the only thing that okay, crossed my great. mind. Because <laughs> I, I have like a whole, I have a whole like coffee section of this question. I'm going to keep, again, keeping it tight, but quickly, I love a sangria. Oh. And any sort of refreshing cocktail, like anything like sour, like not too sweet, but like cucumber situation, I lemon. Like I need, I always need friends to help me order cocktails. Like, I think you'd like this. I think you'd like that. Like I need coaching. Yeah. So, okay. Can you take that on in a yes. nice friendship? Yes. I, will I feel take like that that's a you. role for you. Wait, and can I say the coffee drink that I like too? <laughs> no. Yes. You can say the coffee Okay. Quickly. Drink. I, there's this, there's a drink at La Colombe. Have you had this? Wait, I keep seeing this on your Instagram. I don't understand if it's an actual milkshake or it's it's just no, coffee. No, it's just this. Oh, it's a dra- It's like on draft there, but it's oh. their like cold brew and oat. It's just oatly, like oat milk and cold brew. But it takes my. I haven't told you this, but when I grew up, my family owned and operated Arby's restaurants in the what? Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so very funny. have you ever had Arby's? Yeah, they have a Jamocha shake. That's like their thing. Okay, I have not. It's like that. a coffee milkshake. Mm-hmm. I didn't even ever really have it, but I just know people. I guess I must have because this tastes to me like a like a weightless Jamocha shake. Oh my god! Yeah, it's okay. very good. I'm sold so, on that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, and I like a chai latte with oh. almond milk is like my go-to. I didn't drink yeah. coffee till like two weeks ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a lot of tea, a lot of green tea. So you really like drinks? I love so. drinks. I do. I'm. I have like. I have like twelve like drinks that. a day. I, I appreciate yeah, that. About I should hydrate more though. Yeah, you should see my drinks graveyard on my desk. Yeah, oh. just like empty Yetis and like Lacroix cans. I'm very basic. Like You're that. good with hydration. I feel like you drink a lot of water. I've yes, said, to this I lo- morning I you noticed. Yeah, I should. I was like. <laughs> 
I should ask for a glass of water, but I don't really want any, but I should drink more water. Love to be hydrated. What Peer is, pressure. Yeah. What are, what are you drinking? What is my favorite drink? Okay. So if I'm being super basic, which I often am because I really hate sweet cocktails. So I like, in, but also in life in general, like I really like sour things. Same. So yeah. So like love a Sour Patch Kid, but like love lime Lemon, juice, yeah. vinegar, do, like all sour do. things. So honestly, my latest thing is Casamigos with club soda and a lemon and a lime, which sounds so annoying, <laughs> but it is delicious. Is because Casamigos lemons, tequila? Yes, sorry, I don't even tequila. know. Yes, it's tequila, but it has like a slightly vanilla Ooh. undertone. Um, otherwise, I often drink tequila on the rocks. I really like tequila. It's a strange thing. Um, but if we're not talking cocktails, I love champagne. Hmm. And people are like, doesn't it give you a headache? And I'm like, uh, I think I've literally told my body it is not allowed to have an adverse reaction to champagne. So I feel great when I drink champagne. <laughs> when I used to order, like when I was with my boyfriend, Nick, he would always be like, She's not going to be able to, you need to make her a cocktail where she can't taste the booze. Like I'm such uh, a like. I love the taste yeah, of booze. See, I feel like we're a very, <laughs> a, again, in this family, like, <laughs> there's, like a, there's a difference. There's an opposite to track. Okay. Favorite fictional character? Ooh, I would say Liz Lemon followed closely by Buster on Arrested Development, who has basically become Gary on Beep. Ooh. Okay. I don't know the name of the actor who plays Buster and Gary, I, but I just find him to be deeply hilarious. I haven't watched any of those shows. Uh, get out. <laughs> You've never seen 30 Rock? Oh, my God. Okay, we'll discuss this after. Okay, great. <laughs> who is your favorite fictional character? And, I, well, I'm having I'm having anxiety that I didn't let you say your favorite coffee drinks. Oh, or, or I do not like coffee drinks. I only like I my, my actual drip coffee. And it's very stressful for me when I travel because mm. everyone's like, oh, like have an espresso. It's delicious. And I'm like, I really just want the most basic drip coffee. You also like a, you make a very good ginger tea with lemon. Oh, I do. I love, yes. So I also love ginger tea with like half a lemon in it. Yeah. It almost tastes like lemonade. <laughs> it's so good. It's so highly recommend. Okay. My fictional characters I have, if we're talking like that ones I have a crush on, it's yes. Seth Cohen from the OC hands mm. down. And I still have a crush on him, which is like creepy because he's like a child and that. No, I always say it's okay to have a crush on people as long as the age they're playing in real life is acceptable. So when I watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before, I was like, oh, it's chill. He's oh, over I 18. I totally had a crush on that. Oh, <laughs> that movie was so good. I had to Google during it if he was over 18 so that I didn't have to feel like a creep. Oh my gosh. He was I, had super a crush, I had a crush on all of the boys in that movie. Yes. And also the girl. Yeah. Also the girl. Yes. All, <laughs> all of them. Okay. And also John Corbin. Wait. And then quickly. Uh, pace. <laughs> not you really though. The city, not, but really. not really. Not really though. Wait. I have a couple more. Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Did I tell you that he was in my yoga class last year and we talked? And Wait, tell me everything. Oh okay. gosh. Is Dear this a God. tangent? Very short tangent. Uh, I saw him at Moto Yoga in the West Village uh -huh. and I, he was walking up the stairs and I was walking down and we were 
locked in eye contact, <laughs> but I recognized him, but couldn't put it together because he's kind of old now. Yeah. And he's in the affair. So I was staring. Yeah, I couldn't watch. I don't like shows about cheating. But yeah, same. I had he, to turn it off. <laughs> so he was walking up the stairs and smiled at me. And when he smiled, I put it together. And then I didn't want to seem like a psycho. So, of course, I acted like a psycho and looked away instead of just smiling back like a normal human. And then this became a thing. So I saw him multiple times at yoga and then he was, he, he was always leaving. And then one day he was in my yoga class. And then afterwards we were hanging up our mats next to each other. And he was like, it's a tough one today. I was like, yeah, so hot in there. And I was like, we're basically dating now. This oh is serious. God. I came home. I like called Logan. I was like, I'm so sorry. I cheated on you. But then this became a thing and I was talking about it on Instagram and I got all this good intel about how he is like has problems with fidelity, but like is like a really, I don't know. There's lots of information. And he's in the anyway, show called The Affair. Tangent, wow. But okay. he is super, I loved him. I also rewatched all of Dawson's Creek this year. So I feel, feel especially connected to him. I, I did as well. Okay. We're yes. going to move okay. on to the next question. But quickly, <laughs> I have to tell you my my female characters that I love. Oh. Carrie Bradshaw, obviously. I'm obviously, constantly rewatching yes. Sesame City. Also, anybody that doesn't know what Katie looks like, she kind of looks like Carrie Bradshaw. That's the biggest compliment anyone's ever given me in my life. <laughs> You're welcome. And... Serena Vander Woodson in Gossip Girl, which maybe is oh. why I like love hanging out with you because you remind me of her oh. sort of and the name. Also an excellent Can compliment. I call you S? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, favorite movie? Oh, I love this movie, Happy Thank You More, Please, that Josh Radner made. I don't think I've seen that. It's really good. Maybe we okay. should have a movie. We'll night. do a joint viewing yeah. of mine is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Hands which down, I also forever and always. See. If you haven't seen it, it is not the one on Netflix that is like about a bunch of dead strippers. It is about oh. it is a a satire yeah. of a beauty pageant set in Minnesota and it has Kirsten Dunst and Kirstie Alley and Kirsten Amy Dunst. Adams oh and God. Brittany Murphy and Gangs all there. Gangs all yeah. It's oh ridiculous. My God. You have to see it. Kirsten if you've Dunst never seen has it. my birthday. Really? Yeah. Reese Witherspoon has mine. I don't know how I feel about her. Um, favorite place in NYC? My friend Sasha and Mike's apartment in the East Village is so oh. cozy and lovely. And they got married in, across the street. And it's just, they're like my favorite people. I love that. I like the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. And I like, I like just wandering anywhere. Like I like walking the bridges and walking like into a new when I'm walking from one place to another place that I don't like is not on my usual path and you see another street, you know what I'm talking yes. about? And you see, you're like, I would have never come to this area of this neighborhood, especially in the West Village. I especially love this because it's not yeah. on the grid. I like that. Yeah. What about um, you? Ruby Rosa. <laughs> it's a pizza place in Soho. I go every single Sunday night when less, you know, I'm traveling or deathly ill <laughs> um, but it's become sort of this incredibly happy comforting place and the crazy thing is we spend more time there like you know than most other places in yeah. New York outside of our apartment and we see those bartenders and staff more than we see some of our closest friends and they know about our lives and it's just a really happy place and the pizza is fucking bomb. 
I love having familiar strangers in New York. Like I yes. love having those places. Like I feel that way about this coffee shop in the West Village called Grounded, which I almost I used like, to go to Grounded. I love it there. Yeah. And I don't I sometimes don't like saying as much as I do on the podcast. I'm like, I it's know. already crowded enough in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody go to Ruby Rosa. <laughs> I've started to see, which is lovely. So many people who listen to my podcast at Grounded, which is so lovely. But then if I'm like trying to get something done, yeah. I'm like, oh, I feel let's all work together. Anyway. Those familiar strangers that you see all the time and you get to know, it's, yeah, it's kind of magical. Okay, favorite place in the world? (sighs) Neck and neck. Paris. I lived there for two years after college. That's where I went to culinary school. And that's where I met my roommate, Logan, also my husband. (laughs) And like Mount Desert Island in Maine, which is where I grew up going every summer with my family still go. All my closest friends are the people that I've known my entire life from up there. And it's so beautiful and peaceful and just has the happiest memories attached to it. And I love it so much. I want to go there with you. Yes. It sounds <laughs> lovely. What if I was just like, Mount Desert Island in Maine is my yeah. favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite place? In the world? I don't think I've been there yet. I was think I was thinking about this question and I was like, I don't know. I went to Paris recently and it was lovely, but I think I just like, I think I was really sad when I was there. So I didn't really enjoy it. I loved Lisbon when I went there and I really want to go back. And I think I liked the place because I just had such a good time there. Yeah. Do you think think it's New York? I mean, I love New York, but I think I'd like to have a place outside of New York. I like that. It has, you haven't found it. Yeah, yet. I think I'm going to find it. I like that a lot. I will report back. Maybe I buy the, let's check in on the <laughs> last episode of the season <laughs> if I have found my place. Um, favorite way to relax? Okay, I have several. I really enjoy all sorts of massages, but I really mm. like cranial sacral therapy. Have you ever had yeah. that? Yeah. I love that. And I have a lot of, um, which maybe, is this an anxiety thing? TMJ? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. And then I do TM meditation, which really we'll probably get into, but is something I like and always makes me feel more relaxed after. Walking really helps me relax. Facials, anyone touching my face, like the microcurrent facials, especially. Yeah, those are those are my go-tos, I think. I think mine are I love a bath. I either read or watch bad television in the bath. And I have a I have a bath tray. It's really changed my life. Um, <laughs> I also love a walk. Walking is the best. Yoga. I would say those are my three sort of. I can't ever fully relax when I I'm watching TV. I get I, reading. I love 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 yeah. love to read, and it's been so helpful for my anxiety. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I think we need to talk about that later because that's that's such a good. I feel that way about TV too, especially lately. Okay, go to daily outfit, daily uniform. High-waisted jeans, French tucked sweater, neutral statement earrings. You're the best <laughs> style. She has the, this is an audio presentation, but she has the best. I mean, currently she's in workout gear. But yes. Thank you. That is a fabulous compliment. But yes, I feel like it's always some variation of that unless I'm going you know, somewhere where I need to be more dressed up. I hope your temperament with anxiety and your language for anxiety is contagious and also your style is contagious (laughs) through this (laughs) endeavor. 
Mine is, I, I feel like I have like three go-to outfits each season that I just like have I feel different like I've versions seen of. Yeah, I have like the same like four things that I just kind of like, like put together. And yeah, I'm like, I know this works. I know this fits because I have so many, my anxiety, which we'll get to manifest in body. And so knowing that like, I'm going to put something on that I like know I feel okay in and I know fits me is just like. Wait, can I guess what it is? Because you yes. haven't actually said what it is. Yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> is it, it's a high-waisted straight leg pant, not necessarily like a super skinny cigarette pant, but like a high-waisted pant Yeah. with a, what do we, is it a Henley? Is that like the partial buttoned or a cardigan? Like yeah. Like a thin a lot cardigan, of cardigan over a <laughs> This camisole? is embarrassing. I need to step up my <laughs> No, game. you look fabulous in them, but is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's been my winter uniform. That's one of the winter But ones. I have okay. like, like a Madewell high-waisted black pant. And then I have these like two Everlane pants I'm very into right now. And then, yeah, like a like a cropped top yes. is like, or like I've been wearing too many hoodies, which my mom informed me of several times over the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> but also like in the summer, I, in the summer, I always dress better because I'm such a cold freak that like in the summer, which also is hard in the summer with the air conditioning, which is a whole nother thing. But like <laughs> I wear a lot of dresses and I feel like it's easier to dress in the summer, but in the winter, I'm just like constantly yes. like, like a New York thing too. It's hard because you're like out in it. It's not like you can put stuff in your car, Strongly you know? Agree. Yeah. I also always wear heels, which is yeah, ridiculous because I'm 5'9". So I'm perpetually 6'1". And I, I have back problems because of my obsession. <laughs> but you look great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Go to beauty products slash like items that you cannot live without. Number one for me, tongue scraper. Do you use a tongue scraper? No. Oh, my God. I can't talk in the morning. If we ever have a sleepover, which we're bound to in this relationship, I'm sure we'll be traveling to my favorite place, which I haven't figured out yet at some point. I cannot talk to people in the morning. Your tongue looks really nice. Now I'm self-conscious about my tongue. No, no, no. It's like a… It's like a… Weird? It's like a, I, I just don't a, like the, yeah. no, your tongue looks gorgeous. <laughs> Again, audio <laughs> presentation, but I have to like scrape my tongue first thing. And I use this Dr. Ginger's toothpaste. Oh, I have not heard of that. I'm going to, I'm going to get okay. you some. It's really good. It's like, I just like the way it tastes. It's like coconutty. So that, and then I use this, the RMS to use that makeup yeah. ever. The tw- number 22 is my lucky number. And that happens to be the number Ooh. that I use. And I just like it. It's like a good formula for my skin. That and then this, um, the Lila lipstick. Do you know that brand? L I L A. Yes. It like moisturizes my lips. I call it Lila. It's probably Lila. No, I bet you're right. I don't know, but I have a really good pink shade. Maybe it's the same one. Mm, Yeah. Lila, Lila. Tweet at us. Tweet us. Tweet us. Sponsor the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Let us know how you're pronounced. (laughs) Okay. Okay, what are yours? Um, I interpreted this question as I tend to do as skincare products, not beauty products. (laughs) But I would say, A, drunk elephant baby facial, which is an exfoliating mask. I'm obsessed with it. It has totally changed my skin. It like takes an entire dead layer of skin off your face. I use it once a week. Also, this Caudalie thirst quenching serum. It leaves your skin so soft and it's like plumping and then all of your other products just I'm convinced that they penetrate better and go on more smoothly when I use it and see the sad thing is I have so many things that I love well but those those two are like across the board because I think that they're also great for all year round and any skin type 
Oh, and my sunscreen. I am obsessed with my sunscreen, which is a weird thing because most people hate their sunscreen. I do. I use SkinCeuticals Physical Fusion. It's SPF 50. I'm psycho about sun protection. (laughs) I was expecting it's very lightly tinted and it goes on. It's not tacky at all. It has no smell. It soaks in instantly and it gives you sort of this lovely dewy glow. I'll put some on you before you leave it. It feels so good. And it's just, like it's great too because when you go on vacation, you know you're always worried that you yeah. gotta up your SPF game. Yeah, but it's yeah. SPF fifty, and I just wear it every day. I feel like this is such a good question. That's an analogy to the rest of this podcast because <laughs> I have really, really oily, acne prone skin, and you have like drier skin, I have right? Drier skin, like rash prone skin. It's like normal skin. skin with dry, rashy tendencies, which is super fun. But we both obsess about our skin and think yes. about our skin and try things, and like, and that's such a great example of anxiety too. Like we both have skin, we both have anxiety, (laughs) but we experience it in really different ways. And things that work for me aren't going to work for you or the person listening. And yeah, I don't know. That was very profound. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's get to something not as profound. Um, What are we asking about? What are you most self-conscious about physically? Yes. Is that where we are? This was tough for me because honestly, I have developed a whole range of insecurities in the past few years that I think is largely attributable to social media. And we we're going to talk about that at length separate in episode. a separate episode. But I think I'm really self-conscious about my mouth. This is so strange, but I kind of talk out of one side of my mouth. And I think I've become so conscious of this since I've started seeing myself on camera so much more and even just talking into my own phone. I kind of talk out of one side of my mouth and when I smile, my, again, we're saying the things that we are psychotically yeah, yeah, yeah. about. My upper lip disappears entirely when I smile. And so in photos, I feel really self-conscious about it. And I also, my mouth does not in its resting place. See, I'm looking at you right now and Katie is at rest and her lips are together. When my mouth is at rest, my lips are apart. So it always looks like I'm catching flies, so to speak, as my mouth I don't think I'm always... They just ha- you happen to catch me in a moment. I want to make <laughs> you feel less alone. Yes, like I feel like my teeth are just ever so slightly too big for my mouth, so my mouth doesn't close naturally on its own. God, so, isn't it funny the things that we like? Yes, because I would have <laughs> never. To me, to me, and this, this is. I know that was not the purpose of this question for me to react, <laughs> but I have to before we move on. You talking on your Instagrams, I'm like, oh my god, she is so beautiful, and like. Oh. So the oh no, 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 but the way you like talk, like it's so cool to me. Like it kind of, I have these two older cousins who I like idolize and you like remind me of my like cooler <laughs> older cousins. And so I, I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. Like it's just so funny. Like to me, that's so cool how you talk like that. Like I found myself wanting to do that. See, like, this to is try the point to of this like podcast. You. I now feel less weird about my mouth. <laughs> no, I, and, and I try to like not overly compliment, but like every time I compliment, it's genuine, but sometimes I'm so genuine. People think I'm being sarcastic <laughs> or being like over the top. <laughs> and it really you is true. don't have to feel anxious about that. One. Okay. Um, what are you most oh surprised my about God, this, this could take all day. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're here. <laughs> I mean, a big, I have a very large nose. I call it like a Barbara Streisand or Lady Gaga nose. The crazy thing to me is like, I understand <laughs> she's also doing the star is born nose touch. I think your nose is so distinctive, but it's the way you remind me of my friend Tamara, who has the most like beautiful nose. It's very prominent and it like 
is something you notice about your face in what I think is a good way. Like it's so distinctive and I love distinctive things. Well, thank you. I mean, this but is, again, this just scratches <laughs> the surface. I mean, I'm going to try to keep this tight, but honestly, like nose was a big thing, but then I also have like discoloration mm-hmm. and acne stuff and just like, I have a really big pore on my nose <laughs> and like just this one in the middle. It's cool. I have one directly in the center of my forehead. It won't go away. It's just same a, with just this guy. Pore. Oh my God. We're going to get some like estheticians being like, I can help you. I know. Honestly, this like coming over here a couple of weeks ago, I was like freaking out about something above my upper lip and just like having conversations, saying what you're insecure about, about your appearance to a friend kind of takes it off your plate because you're like, I, they weren't staring at it, first of all. Yes. But if you ever thought that they were staring at it, at least you said it and then it's done. Like Lacey Phillips, who's done my podcast, who's like a friend, mentor person, always says, what you don't own owns you. And I think with anxiety, with skin stuff, with anything, like just say it, just like claim it. And then it's like out in the world and then you can stop like having charge over you. you I know? Compl- it's so liberating. Yeah. I feel like I do that on Instagram sometimes. I'll be like, hey, my rash is in full force today. And at least I just lead with that. Yeah. So that then I can just, talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. And people aren't like, Ooh, what's on her face? Yeah, Cause like yeah, I already yeah. told you it's a rash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I feel that way so much. I mean that my biggest insecurity, like those are like my face ones, but like also my hair was really different from all the other kids growing up. Yeah. Like I have naturally curly hair and blah, blah, blah. And then my biggest thing was like, so I look different. I feel really ugly. I'll make my body thin enough and then I'll be good enough. And then that stemmed from me not feeling smart enough. So it was just like my big physical appearance thing has just been like my body size needs to be what I deem as enough, which is so crazy and interesting. And we'll get into we're that. Gonna, in a we're going to talk a lot about that. <laughs> we both love therapy so much. We devoted an entire episode to it. We did. BetterHelp makes therapy accessible and easy. Both Katie and I actually speak to our therapists remotely, which we prefer because it saves us so much time. Instead of having to like schlep to and from an office and devoting almost double the time we need to sessions, we can get in and out in the actual session time, which is amazing. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Service is available for clients worldwide. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which might not be locally available in many areas. You can also log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. You can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with a traditional therapist. That's right. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You can visit betterhelp.com slash spiraling. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, to join over 500,000 people who are improving their lives through therapy. We also have a special offer for spiraling listeners, and you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash spiraling. Thank you, BetterHelp. Okay, Serena is legitimately obsessed with this CBD brand called Highline Wellness. 
Tell me all about them. I am Highline Wellness's biggest fan, girl. I am so pumped that they're sponsoring this episode. I will tell you a little bit about them before I freak out over them. Great. Highline Wellness is an NYC-based CBD brand who's on a mission to make the world a more pleasant place, one dose at a time. Local to this podcast. They are indeed. (laughs) They provide natural, affordable, and effective CBD supplements to give everyone access to a happier, healthier, and more peaceful state of mind and body, which we obviously love. They make drops, gummies, pain cream, and dog treats, which cracks me up. (laughs) I like secretly want to get a dog just to give them Highline treats. But I'm particularly partial to the gummies, which are just like a small batch CBD chew that provide 10 milligrams of all natural CBD throughout the day for sort of on the go relief. And I've discovered that 10 milligrams is my ideal dosage. That's also a great dosage for a lot of people, but you can play with it. I've been using Highline for I don't know, well over six months now. They were introduced to me by a friend. I find CBD so helpful for anxiety management. It's like my number one tool in my management toolkit. It just gives me sort of a lovely sense of calm and is gently mellowing, but doesn't dull me at all, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I still feel like sharp and I can go about my day and have the same amount of energy just with like a generally happier, calmer vibe. That sounds lovely. Well, I've forced them on you before. Yeah, yeah no, I, <laughs> I love them too. You can be like Serena and keep bottles in every room of your apartment. We're sitting in her living room right now and there are three bottles visible in my sight line. <laughs> or you can just pop them in your bag, which I often do because I live out of bags, basically. Or you can have them at your desk for some midday relief or keep them by your nightstand to ease your mind before a good night's sleep. And that's what my husband does. He uses them to help him sleep. They don't actually put you to sleep, which like I said, they're non-drowsy. They just relax you enough so that it's easier to fall asleep, which is great. That's perfect. There are so many CBD brands out there. So many. So many. It's deeply overwhelming. I feel like there's new ones every day. There are, but not all CBD is created equal. Highline has hundreds of five-star reviews, which I promise I did not write every (laughs) single one of them. And they use broad spectrum CBD, no THC, and that is third-party tested to confirm. So let's talk about that common misconception that CBD can get you high. It doesn't have the THC, like you said. So Highline products absolutely will not get you high. There's no psychoactive element. We swear on our lives. We both hate being high. Like I am the worst high person, total nightmare. So no fear to people who are afraid of getting high. Yes. And Highline Chews and all of their CBD products are legal to consume and travel with domestically. So no need to fear the TSA. Excellent news. I get so many questions about that. Like people are afraid to fly with it. I'm embarrassed to say it never crossed my mind that I shouldn't, but you can. As you can see, Highline is the absolute best. Their products have been such a game changer for me. I'm not sure how I survived without them. And now I like just can't imagine my life without them. So if you want to get in on this CBD action and start feeling like a cooler, calmer, happier version of yourself, you can order the chews, drops, pain cream, and the dog treats I mentioned earlier at highlinewellness.com and your products will be shipped directly to your doorstep. There's also free and fast two-day shipping available. 
I am so in. I want to be a calmer, cooler version of myself. You can get 15% off your next order on HighlineWellness.com with the promo code SPIRALING15. That's HighlineWellness.com, promo code SPIRALING15. Thank you, Highline. Thanks, Highline. We love you. We do. Okay, moving on. What are you most self-conscious about non-physically? Oh, (laughs) We getting into it now. Yeah, now we're getting low. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's really the the struggle with trying to define what the fuck I'm doing with my life because I feel like I am a quintessential multi hyphenate. I have a really difficult time describing to people what I do. I'm like, I'm a chef and a recipe developer and. Uh, culinary instructor and a skincare enthusiast and a mental health advocate. And like, I don't know which one right now. I think food takes precedence over a a lot of those other things, but I genuinely feel like my life hopefully will be filled with many different career seasons we can call them. (laughs) And this just happens to be the food phase And I really love it, but I also feel torn about whether I'm on the right path constantly. And I have the worst imposter syndrome. And the crazy thing is I'm I'm sort of starting to tackle my imposter syndrome in in a very real way. And a lot of that had to do with just letting go of other people's perceived judgments because I really do feel like people are judging me all the time and that's very narcissistic, (laughs) but it's also very much tied to anxiety. Mm. And I, people are obviously not judging me all the time. The truth is, is like, we're all very wrapped up in our own lives and we're very rarely thinking about other people's life choices. (laughs) Um, But I just have felt like I'm playing dress up in my career for so long. And it's it's weird because the truth is, is like I did go to culinary school and I am trained to be a chef and I was a private chef and I have been writing about You did about go to food. Harvard. Well, <laughs> I don't know why I <laughs> felt like I needed to manage but, my insecurity. But I felt when I wrote my first cookbook, I'm like, you're not qualified to be doing this. And now, you know, when I was working on the second one, I'm like, you're not qualified to be doing this. And I'm like, when are you going to feel qualified? What? Like yeah. when you wake up and are retired and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working really hard on that. But that, I would say my general career course is a perpetual, you know, source of fear and and confusion and self-consciousness for me. Mm. Oh, I just. But that but that's not meant to make you sad. No, like, I know. I feel so happy in my career, too. It's yeah. just a. I think, especially having anxiety, having chosen a life where so much of my day-to-day and and my overall success is consistently in flux was a very interesting choice for an anxious person. Totally. <laughs> well, and the the piece that I relate to so much is feeling like you're judged from everyone. Mine is slightly different. It's not that I feel like I'm judged. I'm like, did I offend anyone? Is anyone mad at me? Like that's a big one for me that will come up in my spirals, which we'll get to hopefully soon. (laughs) But I don't know. Mine, I'll say mine quickly, not feeling smart enough. Like, am I smart enough? Am I good enough? And then this one I've actually kind of gotten over a little bit and having my, having social media and the internet and a blog and my podcast has really helped with this. But my biggest one was feeling 
different or weird or like I was a weirdo or like I was the only one with divorced parents or I was the only one who was an only child. And I just always growing up felt awkward and and different. But now I think I've been able to just say that out loud and that one sort of dissipated. So do you not feel like your weirdness now is an asset? Totally do feel like it's an asset. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I call myself to my, like my community, weird blog lady. And it makes me so, I'm super weird. Yeah. But I genuinely enjoy. Yeah. And like my husband is super weird. All of my friends are super weird. It's the best part. Yes. I love, I lean into that now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you kind of mentioned how you describe yourself to a stranger. How do you describe yourself to a stranger? It depends on who I'm talking to, but it's like, I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. If I want to get out of it quickly, I'm just like, I'm a writer. (laughs) If I'm like, oh, I have a podcast. It depends on how much time I have, how much I want to get into. But usually I'll say like some brand of like, I'm a freelancer. I do a bunch of different things. It's stressful though, because people I think are intrigued by the, um, you know, the non-traditional career path, which is becoming a much more traditional choice. But, you know, I used to just, when I didn't want to talk to people for a long time, I'd just be like, I'm a chef. And they're like, oh, what restaurant do you work at? And I was like, oh, that backfired. (laughs) Yeah. I try to tailor my answer to whoever I'm talking to, to make them feel comfortable. You yes, know? I relate to that. Okay, we'll do these ones quick. Proudest personal accomplishment. My second book deal. Mm, congratulations. Proudest personal accomplishment is moving to New York. Oh, damn it. That was... That was my, Take that two. Was, that was my proudest <laughs> professional accomplishment. We, I knew. We, I knew what you, you meant. You knew what I meant. Okay, proudest so we'll, we'll switch it. Yeah. So proudest... That was my proudest professional. Proudest personal, I think, is... Oh, this sounds so cheesy. But I genuinely think it's being in such a healthy, long-term relationship. Mm. I thought I'm a child of divorce. I never thought I would get married. I was never in a good relationship before Logan. And this is like eight plus years now. And I think I'm like, people are going to vomit. I think I'm happier now in our relationship. Like then I, I think I get happier year over year, which is probably also the fact that so much of my life is in flux and he is just this glorious constant. Yeah. That don't yeah. you worry. We're going to get, we're going to talk a we're, lot. I have a lot of questions. Yes, so we're, we're going to talk, talk a lot of anxiety that. and relationships. Wait. Okay. So we switched it, but what is your proudest professional accomplishment? Professional. I think hopefully that hasn't happened yet, but I will say so far starting my podcast at 22, I started this Absolutely. podcast that, has grown and been the a networking tool for me, it's honestly. So impressive. And I'm really proud of that. And it led to other things. Uh, share an off-brand behavior. Okay, when 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 you said this question, it gave me a lot of anxiety because, <laughs> like, I don't know what my brand is to know what's off-brand. And I think that's kind of my whole shtick is that, like, whatever I'm doing. I think you're right. I think I have that too. Maybe yeah. this was a bad question for us. Should yeah. we skip it? Let's, Let's skip, skip it. it. We don't have time anyway. <laughs> uh, favorite instant happy. So something that just it always makes you happy that you can do in like 30 seconds. I need more of these, but I like I really like hot chocolate, which I didn't get in the Ooh. drinks section, but this will just <laughs> this will just tea, hot chocolate, like a warm drink, calling my friend Simmy consistently makes me feel Amazing. Oh, there's this thing called Sea Clear. It's like a probiotic miso. I might make you drink <laughs> that it. That sounds point. terrible. No, it's really good. It's like, do you like miso soup? Yes. It's like that. It tastes like that. Okay. It's good, but it's good for your belly. 
<laughs> so many pluses. A lot of drinks. Okay. Um, what is mine? I would say I just, I have a lot, but many of them take like five, 10 minutes, whatever. Instant, I would say is probably just really loud music and it can be anything, but it has to be happy. So like could be nineties hip hop, could be Celine Dion, could be Motown, whatever it is, but it has to be intense. Like, you know that what's the Celine Dion song? It's like, I'm not even going to sing. I am toned up. And that's the way. It, no, that's no, like a new the, one. <laughs> the, the flashes of light one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Anyway, really intense where you can sort of like flip your hair and flop about. Like I would say it's music and podcast. dancing, but I cannot call what I'm doing dancing. It's more just like flopping for 30 seconds, but it feels good. The image in my mind of you doing that is my instant happy now. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Great. Uh, okay. So when did you first realize you were anxious? Oh man, fun ones are over. <laughs> <laughs> you knew we would arrive here. Okay. So when I look back, there are many moments like of my childhood, like you said, can't connect the dots moving forward. Like I have been anxious. I come from anxious people. <laughs> like it is, it is there. But I think I honestly, I was thinking about this a little bit, just realized, just put the language to it, even though I'd been in therapy, but that was as a result of my eating disorder for several years. No one really ever pointed out my anxiety till about a year ago. And I was at this event at the wing that I was not, I was like, I have so much work. I can't go to this. I'm, I'm just happened to be here working, but it was a therapist talking about anxiety and it was packed, which simultaneously made me feel very less alone, but also very <laughs> sad Yes, that <laughs> everyone feels this way. But the way she was describing, and this, this was two years ago, it, describing anxiety. I was just like, check, 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 check. I was like, I have all of that. What is she talking about? Anxiety. And then hearing you talk about it and your stories, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I have. And then it started to come out a bit more in therapy where therapists started to point it out to me. And it honestly made me feel good to be able to put words to something that I have felt that I thought was just like, I'm just this weirdo, to use that word again, that like <laughs> is upset and doesn't know why they're upset. Like I'm upset without a stressor. I'm stressed without a stressor. Yes. And to know that that was a you know, I call it my chemicals because that's like where I feel it. Like to know that that's something that I, I'm not the only one that has that gave me, gave me so much. Interesting. Mine is so, this is the best part about it. Mine mm -hmm. is so different from that because I think I probably had latent anxiety buried deep down throughout my whole life that just manifested itself as me being incredibly type A and really a stress case, not anxious, but stressed out about academics. I remember in first grade, like my mom told me that she could not take me to school for two weeks because they put me in the highest reading group. And I was, I kept telling her, I was like, the reading comprehension questions are too hard. And I was so stressed that then I like couldn't sleep and was actually sick and didn't, you know, she, she was like, I just let you stay home because I was like, you're fine. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But to me, that is a, a huge red flag, all of these red flags looking back. Yeah. But I had my very first panic attack the week of my college graduation. I was on the T in Boston going to a Dave Matthews concert at Fenway. And I remember being on the TV and it was as if something descended on me. I 
felt like my hands and feet were numb. My The top of my head felt like somebody was pouring sand in it. I couldn't breathe. My vision was blurry. And I genuinely was having a in very intense panic attack, but had never had one before. Mm-hmm. So I told my friends that I was didn't feel well and was going home because I didn't want to worry anyone. I was already in therapy at this point just to be in therapy and not for anxiety. And I actually called my therapist because he's a psychiatrist, so he's an actual doctor. And I thought that I was dying. I did not think it was a psychological issue, but I was describing what was going on. And he was like, I think you're having a panic attack, but you need to go to the hospital because you could also be having a myriad. (laughs) You could be having 10 different things and I'm not positive. So I went to the ER and thank God I remembered somewhere. I went up and I told the person at the desk, I was like, I think I might be having a panic attack, but something very weird is happening. And she like didn't even look up from the desk and was like, psych is on the third floor. And I remembered because I watched so many medical shows that if you tell somebody in a hospital that you're having severe chest pains, they have to admit you. Oh my God. So I just like didn't move and was like, I'm having severe chest pains. And she was like, let me go get the doctor. <laughs> and I was at the hospital all day and they put me on the heart monitors, everything. And they were like, you had an acute panic attack and, you know, gave me some Xanax and sent me on my way. And Thank God I was already in therapy, but I continued to have sort of aftershocks that week, which happens sometimes when you have a really massive panic attack. You have smaller panic attacks for the days, weeks, you know, following that initial panic attack. And then I basically from there continued to have regular panic attacks and then developed a a super fun full-blown panic disorder because part of a panic disorder is fear of the next panic attack. So you're basically having anticipatory anxiety about when the next attack is going to hit. So you're like, is it going to come this afternoon when I'm at this party? Like, is it going to happen tonight? Like, can I go on this trip? Because maybe this panic attack will happen. And it just becomes a very vicious cycle. And so I spent probably the first year after that panic attack trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And I was so scared all the time. And I, I really, thank God I was already in therapy. So I already had somebody helping me figure all this out. But it took me a long time to, to sort of get a handle on the panic attacks, which are something that I have very rarely now. Yeah. Which is so cool to see. To see the progression. Yeah. 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 Wow. But. And really interesting to see how different mine was kind of like a slow burn. Yeah. And mine was like a big bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think we currently kind of feel it differently still, but in similar ways. Yeah. There's I some mean, ways- what do you think? So speaking of that, like, what are your anxiety behaviors? How do you think it looks on you on a regular basis? Overwhelm is like a really big one. My anxiety definitely pulls in decision making, like planning things. And again, picking a career where like my schedule and where I work and what I do, there's so many decisions involved in like the life that I have and being in this city that make it challenging. That's a big one for me. And then a lot of my my anxiety is related to food and body image Mm -hmm. and plays into my, my mental, my biggest mental health thing has been eating disorder and my mental feelings around 
that. And the big, a big way that my anxiety comes up is with other people in relationships of like, did I offend someone? Is someone upset with me? And it's just this like height, but also those are kind of where I can figure out triggers or stressors, Mm -hmm. but there's just like this general sense of like, I call it like doom or stress. That's just like you said, everything could be great. I could be having a great day. And this would be something that was really challenging in my relationship, but I didn't know why I felt so upset and I couldn't put words to it. And there wasn't a stressor. It was just this general, I call it chemicals in my chest that like I would have, I would have a panic attack or I would get upset or I would just like uncontrollably cry. And I didn't really even know what it was stemming from. And I would know how to, you know, bring myself down eventually, but that unknowing is so stressful, you know? Yes. Anticipatory anxiety and the sort of, yeah, that unknowing. I don't really know what the, I'm trying to think of a grammatically correct. And I don't know what that is, but it is just that unknown is the worst feeling and not being able to articulate exactly what's going on not just to others, but like to yourself. Yeah. I think that's the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. It's something yes. that's happening to you and you don't have the language to tell yourself this is what's happening. And I think for me, my anxiety behavior, so to speak, I have mental and physical symptoms of anxiety. And when it comes to the physical side, I no longer have regular panic attacks. So I would say I have now just generalized anxiety with the occasional panic attack. And I have many, many, many days where I do not feel anxious at all. Um, And then I will go through periods where I will have baseline anxiety for a few days or sometimes a couple weeks at a time where I will wake up anxious. And that means my amygdala is already in hyperdrive. And so I'm, instead of starting at zero, when I wake up in the morning, I'm already starting at like a five and it usually gets worse as the longer I'm awake (laughs) versus better. Um, But the physical symptoms for me, which I don't know if these are things you experience too, but I have sort of tightness in my chest and I know that I, don't want to go too deep into this because I feel like it can sometimes be triggering to have somebody describe the feelings of panic, but my chest feels tight. I'll have tingling in my extremities. I will have phantom arm and leg pain. My I will itch sometimes. I have trouble swallowing, so I'll drink a lot. <laughs> sometimes my drinking water is a anxiety coping mechanism because not today. I was just feeling hydrated. But in general, <laughs> sometimes the action of swallowing mm. reminds me that my throat isn't actually closing. Same thing with going for a walk. Your legs are still moving. You're fine. Um, so I have those physical symptoms. And then sometimes I don't have the physical symptoms. I have it's, – it's more mind racing uh, or overanalyzing conversations that I've had or things that have happened. And sometimes – I'm able to laugh at them. For example, one of my greatest fears in life is the hug handshake. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that shit haunts me. And I can still name the people with whom I've had an awkward hug handshake encounter in like the past decade because I viscerally will like I will recoil when I recall these interactions and these people definitely do not remember them happening. Uh, so 
Yeah, I have both the physical and mental symptoms. Are yours as physical as mine? No, I have... I have one, and it's when things are very, very bad. Like mm-hmm. after my breakup, I the day that I was here, I had this for weeks, right? I call it my chemicals. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one that I have this. I'm pretty sure we feel this the same way. It's like I want to crawl out of yeah. all of my skin. Mm-hmm. And then also right underneath my boobs, it's like yes. a really intense. It's not really my heart. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I call it chemicals rushing there because it feels acidic. Like it feels like chemicals. That's all I can. I would say that often to my boyfriend, like, of like, my chemicals are happening right now. But my biggest thing is the mind racing of like, over, did I say that? Does this person hate me? Looking at my text, like, oh my God, this this, like, and can I just have to give like one thing that helps me with that? Yeah. Just because I feel like this is interesting. My friend, because my mind races and that haunts me so much. My friend told me, ask yourself, did you intentionally hurt them? And then the answer is no. Then Okay. And then she asks herself, is this something that Tim, her husband, this is my friend, Simi gave me this. Is this something that Tim would be as a non-anxious person as like a really, like he's (laughs) super like Logan, like they'd be best friends. Is this something that he would be still thinking about? And if the answer is no to both of those, then she goes and does something productive or something outside of it and moves on. And usually it will pass. And I just learned this yesterday, but it's been helpful to me. Genius. Genius. Right. Yeah. In the last like 32 hours. It's been helpful to me. It's sort of the mental equivalent of for the physical symptoms of anxiety. I always tell myself the same thing and it is so calming for me. This has happened before. You are having a panic attack. You are not dying. You are not in any sort of immediate danger. This will pass. And I just repeat that over and over and over. And it is so soothing. I also, (laughs) I mean, that's not to say like they literally built an ER around the corner from us. And I was like, well, and also there's an ER around the corner. (laughs) Good to know while we're recording. (laughs) Anything happens to us. It's the same type of thing that you just described. It's like the same mental exercise that anytime you are spiraling, whether it be physical or mental, like ask yourself those questions Mm -hmm. or tell yourself with the physical symptoms, you know what this is. You're good. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do that for yourself with the mental symptoms. Like for me, I really get into it with decisions. And if someone's mad at me and this, I think it's all this heightened emotional state, but what we were saying earlier of Lacey's quote of what you don't own owns you of like just telling someone getting, I think Brene Brown talks about this of like shame doesn't exist. If it's shared, it starts to dissipate. So just like saying out loud what you're fearful of or what yes. you're spiraling about to someone else. That's the whole point of this, which like leads us to this next Wait, section. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do this every week. Yeah. And Usually we're going to do this at the beginning of each episode is we thought that it would be really helpful selfishly for each of us to share something that we had been spiraling about in that past week and either what helped us pull ourselves out of the spiral or open ourselves up to advice on how to get out of that spiral. Um, Do you want to start? We're going to do a spiral that's recent, not in the past week. Just yes. something recent. I have, I wrote out a list of seven. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. I mean, the. I guess I'll just talk about like my underlying spiral, which is I had this breakup that really tore me apart, that made 
that has this is my current spiral, I guess. And I I'm needing advice. I'm still in it. <laughs> <laughs> because that was my grounding thing, that person, having that person in my life, and maybe unhealthy, maybe in a way that you described with Logan, honestly, like he made me feel when everything in life is so unpredictable. I was like, I had this constant that felt so cozy and great. And I know he was there and I know he was on my side and I know he was rooting for me. And then that was gone suddenly. And so it made me so much more reliant on my friendships in my life. And I'm also in a somewhat new city. I feel like it feels new because I'm not with him anymore because when I moved here, I was already in a long distance relationship. So I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. And now that that relationship's gone, I'm two feet in, which is great, but it's making me feel like my friendships and my work relationships and everything is so heightened and so important that if someone doesn't text me back or if someone, if I'm not seeing, I have this thing where with my best friend, I was just telling her this of like, if I don't see you every week, then are, are we as close? And like, that was never a thought with Nick. Like I would, when I had my boyfriend, like I would go weeks and weeks without seeing someone and I didn't care. And so it's like this heightened emotion. What I'm spiraling about is like why I'm feeling so having this attachment to friendships and other relationships in a way that I didn't before. Does that make sense? Is this, that's that, a big spiral. That's a big, spi- <laughs> big spiral. But they won't it's always a, be this big. No, but that is probably the most relatable spiral of all time because I think when any, first of all, I'm spiraling about my spiral. <laughs> Any huge life change, I think, for any human, let alone someone with anxiety, is so disruptive. And usually with a huge life change, like a move or a career shift or something else, you rely on the people who are closest to you. And for you, that was Nick. Yeah. And so you basically had three huge tumultuous life changes happen at once. I'm, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would have had to commit myself. I'm just proud of you for sitting here right now. I also left a full-time job. So we should say like I left it. He was so encouraging for me to leave my full-time. So these are like my three changes of like being freelance, yes. moving to New York, and then leaving this relationship. So yeah, it's overwhelming. But I don't think you should have any guilt attached to leaning more heavily on your friends and family because at the end of the day everybody who loves you wants to support you. And I think that that's something too, as, as an anxious person, I am so hyper-conscious of not burdening others. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I love therapy so much. <laughs> um, but I think that that's probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's probably part of the guilt is you're like, I don't want to burden the people I love with these problems and am I making things all about me and yeah I mean it's totally that and then it's also like I part of I think part of it goes to like it's abandonment it's like I lost this relationship I can't take losing close friends because then I'm alone yes you know well you're not first of all you're never going to be alone but I think that is I think that is probably what are the number one fears in life? Being alone, divorce, and something else. It's the three. Yeah. We have to Google this because I mean, you're literally experiencing public speaking. It. And public Which, speaking. I don't have that one. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> no. be public speaking alone. But I think, first of all, you know, 
time heals all wounds, yada yada. But that's all that's well and good. That's, that's all well and good. But when you're in it, you're in it. So my my biggest thing also is like when you're in it, be in it. Be sad. Lean on other people. You know, my thought just talking to you is that you are definitely not burdening or being, you know, over overly clingy or annoying the people in your life. But I think that we're all susceptible to those own negative thoughts about ourselves. And I think just being nicer to yourself, which is so much easier said than done, is so important. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's kind of similar to what you said about judgment of like, you're worried people are judging you. I'm worried people are forgetting about me or I've yeah. offended them or I they're going to leave me or I'm I ha- I had something and I lost it because I think that I did in this such a big way that that would sting so much so I'm just like I don't want to offend anyone I don't want to be too much for anyone I don't want to I don't want to lose anyone I'm just like everyone stay close to me and so that's why I think I'm so hyper sensitive to like, did I say the wrong thing? Did I offend that? I mean, I even wrote back like something that like, something I texted you, I, I texted you about an SNL thing. And at, for a quick second, I was like, oh my God, does she hate this video? Does she like, and then you were like, no, I loved it. It was funny. But like, I spiraled about like this stew. And I was like, sorry, we're going to start this podcast. And then now she hates me because I uh, like little things like this. Like, it's crazy. The sorts of things in my, where my mind can go. I, anxiety is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm actually really, and I want it to like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really excited to hear your spiral because it's going to help me feel less alone that you feel this too. And oh, that you, yeah. and it will. Yeah. So, and I, and I want to be able to by uh, by you sharing with me, it makes me feel less bad about sharing my stuff with you. And I think for, <laughs> For everyone Good. listening, it's like the more vulnerable you are with a friend, the more like we we want to encourage everyone to share their spirals with someone. Yes, and that's life. like sort of our we talked about this segment a lot mm-hmm. because a like we said selfishly it feels good to unburden ourselves to each other, but also if this can convince you to pick up the phone and call your best friend or call your mom or your dad or somebody that you trust and open up to them about how you're feeling. If you, you too are having a rough day or a rough week, you know, or a rough, rough month, rough year, um, then that makes it worth it to us because it, the one thing I've noticed is even talking about my anxiety. I've always talked about my anxiety with my family and my therapist and my friends. I've, always been super open about it. I come from an anxious family, so there's never been much sort of shame or stigma attached. But ever since I started talking about it a lot on my blog and social media, I have also felt this huge weight being lifted because I'm able to express something that does not define me, but is a huge part of who I am. And that's been so liberating. Mm -hmm. So I just think sometimes putting it out into the universe. And that does come from a place of privilege. Like, I don't think you can walk into your corporate office and be like, yo, bitches, I'm anxious today. (laughs) But I think in general, opening up to the people who you trust and who love you is so huge. And so my spiral has been, oh God. So I'm entering the phase with my book where I 
am thinking about the launch and most of it is done. So I sort of don't really experience anxiety when I'm writing these books. I'm just stressed out about getting it done. And I'm mm-hmm. so focused and busy that I don't have a lot of brain space for my anxiety to feed on. And then I turn it in and then I do the photo shoot, which is my favorite thing ever. And then there's edits and that just, again, is sort of busy work. And then now we're in the phase where it's basically done. They're doing a lot of design stuff and I'm thinking about the launch. And I have now entered the phase of the creative process where I think that it's a piece of shit Hmm. and everyone's going to hate it. And I think that my spiral is very unique. And And the good thing about having sort of an anxiety like memories of past anxiety Mm -hmm. to draw on is like, I remember going through this with the first book too. So it's been slightly comforting to be like, you felt exactly the same way and you ended up coming out the other side and everything was fine, but that doesn't fully pull me out of the spiral. And so my fear this time is different than the last time. My anxiety last time was like, this book is going to fail. Nobody's going to buy it. I'm not going to get another book deal. I'm going to lose my audience who I've disappointed. I'll never get hired for anything, which is a psychotic worst case scenario. But that's what I thought. This time, I am so anxious putting this out there for people to... I'm so now worried about disappointing the people who loved the dude diet. So now it's this like, maybe nobody buys this book. Maybe I lose my audience, whatever. But I've also disappointed all of these people who have expectations of me and who are so excited. And I think what's even worse is like some people have expressed so much excitement and have been so helpful and recipe testers and supported me and are going to spend money on this book and then be disappointed. And I know that's a crazy spiral, but I think about it so much. Uh, And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to disappoint so many people. And then on top of that, it's like, (laughs) nobody buys it. And then my agent's disappointed. My editor's disappointed. My, my, you know, everybody is disappointed. And it's that, it's anticipatory anxiety because I have no way of knowing that that's the outcome, but that is also the horrific part of having basically six months where I'm, I've finished tweaking the book before it comes out because then I'm like, oh, should I have changed that? Like, is that joke inappropriate? Like, is that fat shaming? Like, should I not have said that? Like, do I need to, are the ingredients too obscure? And it gives me too much time to think about these things. And I also read negative reviews of other cookbooks no, on Amazon, which is no, like, you know, no, that's horrifying. The most, that's an anti-anxiety. It's, yes, it's, it's literally, it's like a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I've been spiraling. You got to quit that. You yeah. got to quit the reading that. I think if I can give a question yes. that I feel like would be like the one that I gave that Simi gave me is, did you do your best? Like, did you work as hard as you could have on this and try your best? Yes. Do you really feel that way? But that's the thing is that I'm like, I think so. <laughs> but how could how could you have done better? You know, and th- that's the thing about a book that's hard because it's not like a blog where you can just be like, let me run in there and quickly change yes. that, or like your cover's yes. your cover. And like I feel <laughs> that way too. But it's like, was it so who you were then? Did you do the best you could I have? I did then? the best that I could 
at the time. Yes. And then that's, that's perfect. That's all you can do. Like you would have so much empathy for a friend telling you this story. You have to just try to have that empathy for yourself, which is empathy is just like believing the person did their best. That is fucking profound, Katie. <laughs> oh God, I feel I, I already feel better. Okay, great. Um, are you having anxiety about how long we've been I'm, going? I'm having so much anxiety about I how long tell. this is. So we are going to end with something yes. that I'm also very excited great. about. This will be the closing segment of every episode. Uh, it's called High, 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 Higher, Highest. It's a game that some of my very close friends taught to Logan and I over our Christmas vacation this year. And we would do it every day. And it's basically just calling out three very good things that happened to you that day. And it's the same as highs and lows, but you just nix the lows. So you're only focusing on the good shit that happened that day. In this case, we'll be doing that week or today. Recently, and the spirals are kind of low. The, spi- this, the spirals are the lows, um, but yeah, it just feels really good. And I encourage everyone to play this in general, yeah, because with it your feels partner, great. with your yes. friend, with your Uber driver. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go first. What was your high? Oh, recent high, I would say, is that well, this past month with my, was my birthday princess month, and recent high was I got to do a giveaway on Instagram of like all of my favorite things. And it's everything from like gummy bears to skincare products. And in order to enter, I made everyone tell me a fun fact about themselves. And like the fun facts were absurd. Like I'm just so proud that people have these fun facts about themselves. They were so enlightening. And I also just feel like sometimes on social media, things can be sort of one-sided and I don't get to talk to, like to know as much about my people as I would like to. So I want to do that. Maybe I'll I'll do that. You should. It's it's so fun. Yeah. Um, Higher, I would say, was my actual birthday. (laughs) I'm like, all of these are going to be birthday Great. related. <laughs> we love we love birthdays in this family. We do love we birthdays should, in this family. I have stay. a present for Katie because today is the second day of her birthday month. Oh, my gosh. Um, I had every year for my birthday party, my best friends come over and we get takeout pizza from Ruby Rosa and a birthday cake from Milk Bar. And we drink champagne and watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. And it's like my favorite day of the year. And then my highest. It's hard uh, to rank them. It's hard to rank. But we did decide on my book cover. (gasps) And I really, it's really different than how I was expecting. And I shockingly love it. And I was so worried. And it was a really long process of many different iterations that were not so great. So that was my highest for me. Can I see it? Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's going to be my highest seeing your book cover. Okay. What are yours? Okay. Uh, I, my mom came to visit and I told you this already, but she went to therapy with me, which was that is an excellent, pretty high. cool <laughs> and cool that she was down to do it. And just, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that that happened. And then I have this wonderful friend who's like a second mom who lives with, with, not with me, but in, the city here. And the other day I went in the middle of the day to a museum with her, which was just 
so lovely. And one of those things that like with being a freelancer that you can do, but I was like, I don't have time for this, but I needed to make the time for that. And I felt instantly better after. There's so many things that could be good too. I, oh, I got Maggie Rogers tickets for a friend of mine and I, and I love her. Wait, and is this bad? I don't know who Maggie Ma- Oh, is. I'm going to send you her album. You should listen to it <laughs> on the plane tomorrow. It's been kind of like my breakup album. This, okay. So it was just like, felt I felt like I needed to go see her. Yeah. And it was like a whole process getting tickets. Like you had to set up an alert and they sold out really quick and this and that. And the, okay, this was kind of, well, this was kind of tie in with spirals. This is so <laughs> ridiculous. Like I kind of hope this friend doesn't hear this, but oh my God, this is so ridiculous. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm just going to do me. it. The concert is in October. Okay. So we have the tickets. We're going to this concert together. I'm like, oh, with this friend. I don't have to worry if she doesn't text me back or if anything else. Because, like, I know we're hanging out in October. We're in it for the long haul. Like, I just, like, (laughs) so I'm, like, check with her. I can be anxious about everyone else in my life. (laughs) Oh, but I will say, I I did talk to one of my friends who's, like, my best friend since college who lives here. And I just had, I, like, let this out. I really said, I was, like, I am just feeling anxious about friends right now because of what's going on with me. So like I might be texting more and need to hang out more and this and that. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like I've been, I know this is, it wasn't a shock, but just me saying it and get like we were saying with our skin, like just saying like, I have a pimple here. So that's done, you know, moving on. Yeah. Useful. So that's, that's the highest is saying. That's a very good one. Yeah. I love that. We did it. We did it. I want to go look at your book cover now. Yes. And, but this was a blast. This was the best. Um, I hope if you're listening, you got something out of this. Yes. And we're going to do a lot of really interesting topics and episodes. But first, I think we should disclaim. Uh, yes. I love a disclaimer. Me too. They're great. And anything that you may have gathered from our conversation today, take with you, take the gyms, but neither of us are doctors. Fact. We are also not mental health professionals or experts of any kind. We're just two friends sharing our experiences with anxiety. Two anxious girls. If you're struggling with mental health, we feel strongly and encourage you to seek out a professional. We love therapy. We really do. I have three. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, if you are spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy. And you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. And we love you. We really love you. We do. (laughs) We do. Bye. Bye. We should think of a sign-off. Okay, we'll think on that. Spiraling. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. That was the first episode of Spiraling. If you liked that, go over to the Spiraling feed and subscribe and leave a rating. It will help us so much because it's brand new and I really want to keep doing this show and I can't wait for you to hear the rest of the episodes. Like we say in this episode, this is not what the show will, it will be this sort of a vibe, but we talk about topics. So it will be much more topical each week. And I really think you guys would like it and I can't wait to get your feedback. So please let Serena and I know that you listen, let us know what you think and share it with a friend, share it with someone anxious, someone who loves someone anxious. And I'll talk to you guys next week on this podcast and on Spiraling, two podcasts going at the same time. It's going to be a lot of me talking in the world. I'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye.